Hey, thanks for listening to Replayable, a podcast where we talk about current media within a game concept. Beware, there will be spoilers ahead. of things that are stressful that i don't know i I think you're into it but this week we're talking about edge of tomorrow starring tom cruise and emily blunt and it's essentially uh a sci-fi i guess adventure action almost i I would say gamified to a degree with the the time loop yeah it's really i really fell in love with it when i first saw it I think that it was exceptionally well done. It was directed by Doug Lehman. And uh, I just think that the overall, how they approached this movie, they crushed it. I really enjoyed a lot of the, the story elements, the variety in which they explored, like the ideas of the time loop, the acting, the action, the enemies. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Essentially, it is a war of a creature that, what is it now? hits the earth and then begins to start a genocide of humanity and then the forces the united forces of the world come together to create a super army to take on these mimics and in that process of them taking on these mimics there is slight there's something that happens which even in the beginning they talk about emily blunt's character who was that yeah, oh, the, 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 no, it's the, the, was it the Angel of Verdun? Yes, Is that Angel it? of Verdun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I, yeah. Love, I love Full Metal Bitch. But yeah, she definitely, she's the main kind of archetype of what is taking place. Everybody just sees her as, she put on the suit, she's kicking ass, but what they don't quite get is how she's doing it. And that's like the explanation in regards to mm. where Tom Cruise's character comes in and he comes across one of these alien species, uh, a variant that has a time quality that when he died, he essentially inherits in the way of, so the entity was attacking him and he detonated a bomb, but then just before he died, the blood of the, I guess, alien species. The alpha, it was specifically the, the alpha, I believe. Yes. So it wasn't just any of the aliens. It was just this one specific the type of this alien that was quite rare, apparently. Mm-hmm. So that would explain why it doesn't just happen to everybody. Yeah, because there's the distinguishing features of the Alpha is that they're blue. There's like a blue kind of glow to them. And they're, they look like more so they're foreseeing the battlefield. The other mimics that they have, they're gold. And they're essentially aliens that have these giant kind of spikes, almost very reminiscent of the Matrix, the tentacle monsters that they encountered that peel things apart. But these things are much more organic and much more violent in regards to their nature. They come up from the ground. But so he he gets this ability, which he can now loop the day in which the events happen. And he begins to see that for them to win this war, he has to almost set up a perfect 
run to find the Omega, the main kind of hub, I guess, that is controlling all of these alien creatures. And Emily Blunt's character, she recognizes that he has this ability. She once had it. That's what made her so good prior as the Angel of Verdun. And now it's the story of them trying to find a way to get to this. What is it now? I'm going to say beta. <laughs> what am I? The Omega or... Oh. Alpha? Yeah, the Omega, yes. Now, they're, yeah, they're conceiving a planet in which to to get to this Omega and defeat this and end this war. It was based off a comic, mm-hmm. which is called All You Need Is Kill. Which, <laughs> which is a I manga. love. I love that title. Uh-huh. All You Need Is Kill. Because <laughs> it's, it's so, like, like, straight to the point. I think it's it's the opposite of All You Need Is Love. I think that's what they were going for. I think they are going oh. for the, the Beatles song and then calling it... All you need is kill, which it's obviously it's a very it's a very strange name. But it's and, direct and to the point. Makes sense yeah. when you're dealing with an enemy like that. But yeah, like they essentially how our podcast re rejigs thing and how we would see it fit within a game kind of aspect. That's what this film I really respect for, and I feel mm. did quite well because it was a manga before, and the character archetypes that they used, and we know that certain things fit in the world of comic books because there's a suspended belief system because you're reading as it goes through, and you're within a different rhythm, more of a long form kind of format when it comes to storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think that for that, being depicted in a manga they have much more freedom liberal exploration in regards to ideas where they can go how they want to tell backstories they're just not hindered as much whereas i feel when it is being viewed in a movie format it has to be very much so pared down and -hmm. very much so directed in a story format where the viewers almost aren't caught in all of these side kind of notions and they they have to put certain characters they complete them in a different way but they keep them within the same vein as the story that was told within the manga but yeah i thought it was excellent the acting was excellent i really emily blunt i feel i guess everybody knows she's a really great actress obviously by this point i really enjoyed her in sicario which is another movie i thought she really did an amazing job in yeah and how this Edge Tomorrow plays out. I just thought it was very reminiscent of how, I guess, gamers, how gamers view, yeah, I guess telling the story of in regards to how gamers view the complexion and challenges within that medium of trying to win, essentially, trying to succeed. Because it is very much so almost like a rinse repeat mentality when you're trying to get good at something. I believe it was in the UK or maybe Europe. It's actually called uh, Live, Die, Repeat. (laughs) Edge of Tomorrow was like the full title. I I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was like that over here, but, and that's what it is, right? Like it's, you die and then you try again. Yep. It is very gamer mentality, especially when you take into um, account maybe things like a roguelite, which is literally dying and repeating or um, even uh, as we were talking about just a little bit before the cast started Elden Ring the Souls games are very much like they're very difficult and it does you die a lot like Mm -hmm. just be ready to die a lot (laughs) don't get upset that you're dying because it's part of the experience it's yeah it's really for me as well it works in the sort of the movie format 
But yeah, it was interesting to see the interaction between Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt's character where he had first initially came to her when she told him in one of the battles before they both died, when you wake up, come to me, I'll train you. And she told him at one point, she's don't try to, it's, you just have to remember, you have to remember, you just, mm. you can't like, it's almost like he was caught in this realm of trying to understand what was going on, whereas where that takes a reactionary kind of quality initially. And she was, don't try to think like that. Just try to remember, try to remember, and then we'll just keep doing it. And yeah, it was just really interesting in regards to when you're playing a game, yeah, you are in this world, you're trying to figure out, okay, what are the, what are the rules? You're trying to figure out these rules. And the only way that you get an understanding of the rules is if you really dive in to see how things work. And that's, she was really stressing that point. It's just get in. And I think that was really interesting because it is, I, I would say also like a, a narrative of a playing games. It's sometimes you get individuals when you're playing a game, maybe a particular type of game is they're stuck, they're, they're stuck in this loop of thinking of what happens, what's the world that I'm, it's almost like they're paralyzed to a degree because the action is they don't want to, they don't want to die. And it's in games being defeated is almost part and parcel to learning and understanding that there's a knowledge base from the how did I die? And then to adjust and react to how you died, which I thought, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume you liked it. Did you have any? Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. So it's actually my second time watching it. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. It's just like a fun sci-fi film with a very interesting, at the time for me, it was a very interesting concept. There's been like, obviously, time loop movies before, but I can't think of one quite like this and it was it does feel like a video game like right off the bat it is this sort of gamer mentality of being dropped into the world knowing nothing and then getting better with each try so yeah and even the editing though too because i feel that can be really redundant to some players it's like, oh this or that. but essentially they did it very smart they in regards to how they shot the film they would Think every shoot would look and be slightly different to keep it a little bit fresh. And then there'd be different strategies where he would leave to try to find Emily Blunt's character. Or, yeah, like, I think the one thing, too, that is an interesting kind of point in, I guess, uh, Edge of Tomorrow was just kind of like how his character changes as well. Because usually when you have a story, if the character is a one note, usually is to a certain degree, like a one note kind of character. Mm -hmm. For them to do the thing, they don't really change in context of how they go about what they have to do. Because if they if they develop a soft spot for a certain thing, then it's, oh, this is, there's not enough time. But I think because of this, having this time parameter as almost like a, yeah, a character to a degree, because you don't know how many times, sorry, you don't know how many times Tom Cruise's character loops. That's true. I did wonder, like, how long was he trapped in this loop? Yeah, because it's like, you can memorize stuff, but then you're acquiring skills as you go. There's that, I think there's that idea mm -hmm. of the 10,000 hour rule for you to really become exceptional at something. You have to, you know, dedicate 10,000 hours. 
and I feel like he was definitely past that. Just in regards to his reaction and how he read the the field and and how he knew certain things, and also like in regards to how he changed as a character because. Yeah, there was one part where it's almost like him going to Emily Blunt's character. He wanted her to get to a certain point so badly. He was just, yeah, you reach almost like that hero's journey where there's a level of frustration. There's almost like that core defeat of this person will never reach this part ever, no matter what I do, no matter how many times I do this. And it's almost that was almost like his side mission, his secondary mission. So first, Mm -hmm. his first mission, or maybe it wasn't a secondary mission. Maybe his primary mission Mm -hmm. was to make sure she got out alive. Mm -hmm. And then he and then defeating the Omega because he had a hard time. He didn't like letting her die. He would end the loop if she died. Mm Yeah, yeah. And it was very, because I think when you look at in that sense of she knows she was him before, and she trained him to get to a certain level. So I feel like there's that almost honorary, we can do this together. But then I think that aspect of her rules of you just got to remember, and then you had that there was one point where they had the map out and it was like, okay, here you're going to step and then go left and go. Up. And it was just all of these. It's like this very, it's almost like a dance, these dance steps mm-hmm. that they're going through. But she has to remember all of these things with her first time going through. It's incredibly impossible because I feel like part of remembering certain things is a body it's almost like a body awareness. You don't mm. know how to, when you're learning a program, maybe that you haven't, or maybe you're, when you're using a program they have used in a little while, there's almost like a body memory of where all the keys are. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I know how to use this program. Mm-hmm. And that's what she was missing. It's like everything for her was completely mental. And being in that moment, almost on, I guess, for lack of a better expression, 10, you're always at max all the time. Your memory being at max all the time to get from point A to point B, you're going to always forget stuff. And it's, yeah, it's tough because it's, but if you were to do that multiple times, I think that your awareness of the situation in what you have to do based on previous runs. Oh, okay, that one point where they're stealing that minivan with the harnessed like uh, caravan that was behind them. And he told her, he's like, make sure that you get rid of the caravan thing. And, and she didn't, she just drove out with this thing on the back and then they get to this chopper area. And yeah, him coming to that realization of like, this is as far as you get. This yeah. is as far, I've done everything. And it's, because I think it's also interesting too, because I don't think that it was necessarily a love. Like he. Oh, interesting. So you don't I, think it was like a romantic. I don't think it was because like, I mean, yeah, I think that obviously Emily Blunt's character is very attractive and Tom Cruise, his character is very attractive, but I feel like there is, it's almost like you recognize somebody that you've gone through all this. They've gone through this same thing you did. So you're akin and then there's almost like this thing of just you don't want them to die yeah. because they've helped you and they've been this compatriot. And they're almost like the only person that understands you and everything that you've been through. And you're like, I don't want this person to die. But for me to succeed in regards to what I'm doing, I have to release 
this person that is me because I am the only me in this situation right now. And it's that, mm. and I feel like that's when he almost dropped the shackles of trying to save her and just almost deal with that depression wise and then get back onto the mission, which was essentially finding this Omega. And yeah, just like almost being there, there is a reaching of a point of, yeah, they replayed it so many times. And then the inherent skills in which you have accrued are so solidified that your awareness within the environment, even though it's not a replay, you're so sharpened. It's, and I think that was the one thing that was interesting, much, I would say true to like gamer aesthetic when it comes to getting really good at a game, you're more tuned to how the world plays. And therefore you're like, okay, at this point, I feel like they're going to do this. You have a variety of uh, approaches in which you would do something and to capitalize on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Darian, if you could pick one narrative that's the most important one, which one do you feel like drives the story? I had to think about this for a little bit because I think when you're in a situation that requires I would say a level of, yeah, almost unwavering, just you're willing to dive in and fail and fail and fail and try and fail. And it becomes a diff extremely difficult process to achieve something when the learning curve is exceptionally high. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's a quote that stuck with me. And yeah, it relates to courage because I think courage is the keystone to practice all of the other virtues consistently. Oh. Mm -hmm. And that's like how I see his character is that it takes courage to go through everything that this person went through and be tied to and be consistent in even yeah just knowing that you're going to fail and i'm going to get killed and i'm going to go back and i mean all those things they're the elements of pain and anguish difficulty you come to terms of really yeah have a love for the person that has helped you and courage it is also yeah to fight for a just cause in a war like that and know that the odds are very stacked against you it requires courage and i think that's what kept him moving forward i think that's what kept him because what he could have done is essentially how you lose the power is if you bleed out so he if right. he just wanted to not do this anymore he'd just have to shoot himself sit somewhere and just bleed out until he gets found they like take his they Give him a blood, blood transfusion, transfusion. Yeah. and then his po then the ability is gone. Whereas like he didn't do that. He never chose that happened in the movie. But I think there was also transfer of all the skills that he already accrued. So I'd say the main driver of the story is obviously the relationships are there, but I would say courage is the keystone that sort of, yeah, he needed to have to, to go through what he went through. That is such a good answer. Yeah, like just imagine how good you, we would be at art. Not saying we're not good, but mm -hmm. just imagine how good we would be if every time we failed, we 
died. What oh. is what what is what is an encouragement? Yeah. I fail, I'm like, I'm gonna go play some video games now. Yeah. Imagine if they were like, nope, do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. You would be incredibly good, but yeah, it's it, I think as well you'd be like, what is what am I doing this for? Maybe it is like the questions of the direction of where your life is going. But yeah, no, I think that's why we always say from an artistic standpoint, practice makes improvement. And you really have to be tuned into what you enjoy. Because if you really enjoy it, you're going to do it a lot. And if you don't really enjoy it, you're not going to be really good at what you're doing. And I think there's that synergy there of like, how good can I get if I really am enjoying something that I'm curious and interested about. And I think like you can surprise yourself. Mm. And I think that's where it's you're playing in life. This is definitely off of the movie we're talking about, but in life you can surprise yourself. And that's where like the magic is. What did you, if you had to pick a narrative, what do you feel was the most important part that drove the story? So I did think about this, of course. I did. Yeah. Like you said, I don't know if I really bought their relationship per se, like a romantic relationship. I guess obviously she was very important because he was willing to throw away a successful run in order to make sure that she also made it out alive, which I guess does say something but I, I do feel it was really about stopping this threat this like global threat was for me the driving narrative and probably the one I would focus on for our our game mm -hmm. going forward well, like the game going forward as in like the game that we're working on or like the, the game, game that we're working on oh okay okay the one that we we're talking about today. yeah yeah it it's about my... stopping this global threat as opposed to getting the girl Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Okay. Sorry. Yes. I was like, I thought it was like something else. Oh um, no. Sorry. I, I said no, no. that in a weird, confusing way. No, it's totally cool. No, this stuff is, yeah. I'm, it's, my brain is still quite not on yet. In regards to the demographic graphic, who do you think mm -hmm. that this would be suited for? I believe it's for teensy young adults. Maybe you could enjoy it too, like an older adult, but definitely mm -hmm. a sci-fi fan. Because for example, I couldn't see like my parents watching this and enjoying it. Um, mm -hmm. Even though they like war movies, I think maybe it's a little bit too out there. It's too future war perhaps mm -hmm. for, for them. Mm -hmm. So definitely, yeah, you would need to enjoy sci-fi, I believe to a degree yeah, for this. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree as well. I think people who like action flicks, people who like stories, I thought that, yeah, you definitely have to like both of those things and sci-fi as well. Yeah, because all of those things pair together to carve out the story. And yeah, if you have a hindrance with you know one of those, then it's the whole thing is a deck of cards. Yeah. I think, do you want to elaborate oh, on that? Oh, <laughs> oh the demographic? If you want to, or if you were... No, I'm pretty satisfied with my answer. Yeah, I think it's like sci-fi fans. I don't think, I think if you're just into like war movies, for example, like it mm -hmm. might not be your cup of tea. Uh, I, it's hard to say because obviously this is very much my cup of tea. Yeah, no, I think that. Are you ready for the next question? Yep, yep. Okay, all right. So Darian, what features technology-wise could make this game unique? Oh, okay. So... Years ago, I was at a game jam in Toronto, Toe Jam. Ooh. Oh. And I, yeah, this was when I was still trying to get into video games. I was like going anywhere and everywhere to meet up with fellow devs. And I think this, I can't remember the date exactly, but I came across this one developer who was making this game and I thought it was really interesting. It was a, it was a 2D game. And essentially 
what it was is based on your actions, how it was played was you could see in the future because time it's like the, okay, how can I explain this? You could see in the future based on your actions, mm -hmm. uh, but how that was shown was that there would be a, almost like a snippet of the potentiality of what was going to happen oh. just above. So it was there, all of the visuals were rendering at the same time, but you could see where if you didn't jump that you could see up above you how this game is rendered. I know this is like a very difficult uh, way to visualize this where you would die. But then if you jumped that or were aware of the obstacle in front of you, that hmm. the reality that was being rendered or that the game that was being rendered above you as you were playing, your character would still be alive and still be moving around. So it was very far out play mechanic. Visually, when I first saw it, I understood what was going on. But it was very difficult to visually because everything was almost on the same visual level. The oh, contrast of it was like very, it didn't recede where you could concentrate on the foreground of the game. Hmm. You, the, the background and the foreground were almost the same. And I remember talking to him and I was like, that's going to be like a difficult mechanic, whatever. That was just like a side conversation. So yeah. what I would say is, okay. I would say it's a picture of this. You're playing third person kind of character and you can see almost like a shadow overlay. I guess, yeah, when you're playing Elden Ring or you're playing Souls, yeah. when you're playing a game that, let's say you, you have all these previous runs of doing something that you see like a shadow of kind of what's going on you would see that for other characters where it was like you're still on your plane where it's like you can see for instance the plane that falls on one of the main characters when they storm the beach that plane yeah. that they eject from so you would look from your perspective i would say third person perspective you're looking over at this person and you would see like a shadow of them getting maybe mashed and then you'd oh. see the, the ship in the background coming towards them and it's clearly that's an end result but let's say you intercept that and push him out of the way right. and all of a sudden it's in the ship just crashes but you see his character's shadow not it's obviously he doesn't get killed because of your interaction with what's going on and i think that could be an element that could be used mm. let's say when it comes to certain objectives if this is a third person game which is how i'm picturing it you would your objectives could be like save your team and then you could see oh i see that this person's going to get they're going to get killed by some sort of chopper that's going to come down and it's almost like that could be separated maybe color wise maybe it would be like you see the objectives as red. Maybe his character is glowing red because you, it's like this person's going to die, but then how do they die? And then you can see this kind of cascading effect when let's say you look over or maybe are locked onto an objective. It would play that kind of ghost sim and then you'd save him. And then obviously it would just carry forward as such. And I think that would be visually technology, an interesting way to approach this replay loop mechanic 
Because I feel like, yeah, you can play it and die. And there's obviously certain objectives that you'll fail being that it's like a game and you're figuring out the world. But I think that could be an interesting way to visualize the loop future. Yeah, um, I think that's, that sounds so cool. Especially, so say if your objective was to make your whole team get through. Because, so what I like after he'd done the loop a few times, mm-hmm. he was, it was almost like a choreographed dance where he was pushing people out of the way, shooting in the right spot. It also makes me think, did you ever watch Palm Springs? On... Oh, no. no. No, okay. It's not exactly the same but it's another time loop movie and by not exactly the same it's like a feel-good romance but there's a part where Andy Samberg this is at the very beginning he is going through this party and he's like doing everything perfectly like he knows exactly like what to do and the right things to do and I so I like this idea that you could perfect the day in a way so that that technology sounds really neat so imagine like the first time you see it you see him die and then the next time you get the sort of shadow or would you are you saying that you would see this before knowing like what would happen i guess you could play through it the first time and not have that but then maybe it's unveiled to you as an ability that you can see the future for a certain for certain mm-hmm. characters that you're locked onto. Because if it's almost, I guess I would separate it out in context of an objective. If your objective is to do a certain thing, then therefore you have to almost have that objective clear mm. in, 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 contra- in regards to the world around you and, and all the things that are the missiles shooting and the, all these explosions. So I think it's almost like a way of editing and focusing that, let's say, ghosting on a certain object. Whereas if ghosting was everywhere, it would just be an entire ghosted environment where you wouldn't know what was attached. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see. Everybody would be ghosted and there'd be like, you'd see like some person run up the ghost, run up the, let's say, I want to say run up the beach and then shoot and then die. And then you'd see the other person run up the beach and then sh- and do the same thing and then die, but it would be everywhere. And I think that could be really visually overwhelming for mm-hmm. a player. Whereas if they could just, oh, I know that maybe they, there is like a certain detective thing that you have to do prior to the level, maybe, or it's, okay, you're landing on this beach. This mm-hmm. is where you are. This is where your objective is. And then there could be certain cues where it'd be like, oh, let's say one of the, your compatriots is, has landed there. There's a, a precursor to what goes on or they could be they could also just be like a ping and then you'll run into kind of like who you need to move there could be like a cinematic and then therefore it's oh your groves okay i know to stick with you and then you try to help them traverse the, the hurdles in which they're going into yeah i just think that would be an interesting kind of aspect of dealing with time that would be clear and understood to the player on a yeah objective basis based on yeah, one uh, one thing that they have to do. And then they could maybe change it to other objectives trying to help out other players, but then maybe they have to like visually almost lock on to, okay, I'm trying to help this person. I'm trying to help this person. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking multiplayer. Yeah, or, or it's not multiplayer, but I'm just thinking like you could, if your objective is locked to a player, you can see, have that filter of like them 
you're seeing in the future by five seconds. And then if you're like, okay, cool, I saved them, but then I have to save this person, then it's, you could change your objective to lock on them so that manually you have control over it, where it's, you'd see the person ping on them, and then all of a sudden it's, you're foreseeing what they're going through five seconds into the future, all the while you're trying to make sure that you stay alive in your five seconds of the future. And I think it's almost like there could be a duality avenue of kind of mechanics where when you're, there's this game called Grid, and essentially they have this rewind oh. feature, which rewinds time and essentially plays forward where you can rewind to a certain point. Oh, this is where I crashed and rewind here and then replay. You could have that as an element because I think it's almost like shorthanding, finding ways to keep the story moving forward, but shorthanding the amount of times you would die, which could help the replayability of certain environments. Or it's also like another thing as well. It's all these time mechanics. Maybe they these could be, let's say, unlockable skills the more you play you, you could un, let's say put your points into this way of seeing the future let's say another idea could be slow down maybe it's just like oh okay know, like a prince of persia yes yeah yeah where things okay. slow down and therefore so you can like, are you picturing this like a roguelike or i'm picturing this a third person perspective almost like a resident evil over the shoulder for oh interesting yeah, okay okay not so much like a, a first person but yeah like a third person because i feel that vantage point allows you more flexibility tactically when mm -hmm. you're when you have to also include the environment that you're traversing i think if it's too much first person you lose the ability to see the things around you from a game player standpoint so that's i guess tech wise that's like how i would see I guess that time or let's say ability to see other players' futures so that you could change it. Yeah. That's really cool, actually. So I pictured something very different. But for, okay, so from a tech perspective, I was picturing a roguelike, which is why I keep bringing them up. Roguelike, <laughs> roguelite, roguelite. I always wonder what that, I've heard the difference is that roguelike means that you die and start completely from scratch, whereas roguelite <laughs> means that you die and you start the run from scratch but you have some elements that you picked up along the way so you might have you might have leveled up a certain ability that you get to take with you into the next run so i guess i picture this like a rogue light but i also thought about okay so i've thought about other rogue lights and most of them aren't a time loop though they are you die and you start at the beginning so like in Hades for example you just you get sent back to hell you die and you get sent back to hell so this one I would picture it to be like a time loop it's like a roguelite action mixed with do you know the game 12 minutes oh I've heard the game 12 minutes okay yes yeah. so that game is a time loop one but it's all narrative mm -hmm. and you as you play it you learn things that will help you expedite your next run. So you might learn some information and now you don't have to go down that path again. You can just almost skip that dialogue and do the thing. So it's a mm -hmm. really neat way that it builds on it. And I pictured this game to be a combination of the sort of action and you know the dying of a roguelite, but mm -hmm. having some narrative elements. So maybe you can choose to engage with Emily Blunt's character in one run, but maybe in the next run you skip it and you do mm -hmm. something else. But there's almost like a narrative 
part to it as well as an action. So maybe you find some information in a previous run that mm -hmm. now you could just share with her in the next run and you can skip that whole line that you went down and each time getting it more and more perfected. And so the technology that I was thinking about is the way that Hades did their narrative structure is very mm -hmm. interesting. Different events trigger different dialogue and it's why you can play that game so many times and still get new dialogue features. So mm -hmm. for example, you catch a certain fish all of a sudden Poseidon has a different dialogue option. So it almost looks through the conditions and it's based on certain conditions. It will trigger certain dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I was thinking of having this sort of like these conditions on the narrative side, but then you also have the action. And now I'm almost wondering if like your preview technology mixed with the like action part could be like super duper cool. And so yeah, I wouldn't do just action. I would also do narrative but of, so there's almost the, the, these stakes of, of dying so in 12 minutes you always get it always resets at a certain point this one like you could go a little bit further if like you battle but maybe there are walls that you are that you hit that are like set there on purpose so mm -hmm. that someone who's really good can't just blow through the whole game mm -hmm. you have to get abilities by maybe training with Emily Blunt type character. And it's okay now that, so maybe you hit a wall, you hit an enemy that you just can't beat. Mm -hmm. And then you spend that part of the, that the next loop you spend trying to learn how to beat that enemy. Mm -hmm. And then you beat that enemy and then you hit something else. So there would be these barriers. And Replayable was created by Darian McRae. Our co-hosts are Jennifer Owen and Amanda Preparzi. Thank you for listening. For ideas on future episodes, please contact us at ideas at replayablepodcast.com. <laughs>